I, I was just sitting in the chair there. In fact, it's, I've just had the, the weight of God. It's just so glorious. And I just close my eyes and I just see the brightness of the Lord. You know, we, we were talking so, uh, about the power of imagination, how real it is for a Christian. That's why in, in, in Matthew 5, where um, Jesus says, it says, speaking to men, I suppose, he says, if you've looked, maybe it was men only, but who knows these days, if you look upon a woman with evil intent, says, you've committed adultery in your heart. It's the power of our imaginations. And that's why Paul bows his knee in Ephesians 1, verse 17 to 19. He says, I always pray, you know, that the Father will grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your imagination would be flooded with light. And how does imagination work? It can be wild. We can sit and try and imagine anything. That's wild imagination. But if there's information given you and facts given you, you can start to picture in your mind what it is you've been told about. And the Word is truth. And the Word is giving us all this information about God, how He is, Jesus, how Jesus is, what He did. We look to see what Jesus did. And He said, if you've seen Me, you've seen the Father to, uh, to Thomas and in, in John 14. If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. And we, we're then told in uh, 2, uh, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, it says, we look not to what is seen, we look to what is unseen. How's that possible? You know, Jesus in Matthew 13, when he's speaking the parable, says to the, uh, uh, the people there, you, know, you have eyes to see, but you do not see. You have ears to hear, and you do not hear. Well, what do ears and eyes do? He's talking about the realm of the Spirit. If we allow the Word to penetrate our heart, it just brings us alive in the things of God. That's why we look to the unseen realm. That's why we set our minds, according to Colossians 3 verse 2, set your mind on the things that are above. As far as the things of this world are concerned, it says, you've died. And how do we have the mind of Christ? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16, Paul's very clear. He's writing about the wonderful things that the Spirit of God is going to reveal to us. And we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit today. He's writing about these wonderful things he's going to reveal to us. And then when he gets down to verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 2, he says, but you have the mind of Christ. Oh, I have the mind of Christ. And the truth is we do. And it says... In the Amplified, it says, you do hold the thoughts and the feelings and the intents of his heart. Isn't that wonderful? So we've got to speak about, now how do, we, how do we operate in that realm? There's another amazing scripture in Romans 8 verse 2. It says, the law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? He carries on in Romans 8 6 talking about the wisdom that comes out of that place where the law of sin and death operates. And that's what we see in the natural. That's really what it's saying. It says the carnal man is, you know, whatever. Um, It's really to have worldly thinking. So we are set free from that. So what I would like to do is let's look in John 16, 7. I did have glasses somewhere. Yeah. I put my glasses on my head and then I walk around with my hair standing up. And I don't have a wife here, says. So, <laughs> as she goes, you, you know, so, uh, so I might embarrass myself. No one watching over. All right, let's read John 16, 7. Jesus has been doing this wonderful ministry. He's been healing the sick. He's been preaching the the word of God. And he's been displaying the virtues of the Father. And 
here he says to his, uh, to his followers, I'm telling you the truth. I say it is profitable, it is good for you that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the comforter, and then in the amplifier it just brings out the names. I was just so aware of the Holy Spirit here. And I'm going to, we, we're going to talk about him, and then we're going to talk about how is it that we, how do we receive from God? Because you see, we're in the kingdom. And the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So you've got to learn to quieten yourself down. You've got to learn to enforce peace in your body if you're wanting a touch of God in your body. You're going to have to learn to enforce peace in your mind. Because in agitation and noise, that's not the place to hear God. That's not the place to connect with God and to, to be one with Him. It's in that place of peace. That, you could say that's even, uh, my words, it's the currency of the Holy Spirit. Peace. That's where it's at. And we can speak to ourselves. You think of David in Psalm 103. He says, praise the Lord, oh my soul. And he thinks, oh no, no. That, that just wasn't good enough. I just, there was no force and commitment in that. So he says, all that's within me. Now you will praise God. You will praise God. You see, he talks to himself. And we've got to learn to do that. We've got to say, shh, be still now. I will await on the Lord. I will listen to the Lord. And we see when, when, when we, because the power of God is in us, and, and when we lay hands on people for them to receive whatever they need from God, blessing, strength, peace, or um, healing, uh, they are so agitated. And what happens is our impartations just bounce off. It's like putting a hand on, you're know, trying to pray for the, for the pulpit thing here. So we want people at peace. And receiving the word, let the word soothe you. You know, the word is spirit. The word is life. Jesus said in John 6, 63, he says, the word I speak is spirit and life. How are you to receive it? By quieting yourself down and paying attention. It comes from that place. So he says here, if I do not go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby. And I'm hoping to spend a little time on each of those words that he uses to describe who the Holy Spirit is. Just so that you can know. You see, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. If you, that's uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3. Through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. How does knowledge come? Through the word. How does the word get into us? Through quietening down and saying, I will pay attention. I will listen to the word. Okay, so he says here, he says, he will not come to you unless Jesus goes away, and he will not come into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. So Jesus has gone away. He's resurrected uh, and ascended. He's in heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father. And we are there as well. That's why we have to learn to set our minds on the things that are above. But we live in the earth. So we've got both a natural part of us and we've got a spirit. But our identity is spirit. Paul, Paul says uh, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he says, May the Lord preserve you blameless, spirit, soul, and body. So that's how we communicate with God. Spirit, soul, and body. God the Father is spirit. Now, when we try to get to a place, or it's when we're moving into a place where we're receiving the word, where we're receiving spirit, and the Holy Spirit is with us, um, he will never leave us or forsake us. All right, well, let, let, me, let me talk about comfort. I'll talk about receiving later because I believe there's going to be fresh impartations here today.
And uh, there's going to be keys given you to, to actually practice the presence of God. All right, so let's look at comforter. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And, and if you're needing comfort, quieten yourself down now. And as this word is read out, you just receive it. it will just, you will just feel the comfort of God. So here we go. We're going to read 2 Corinthians 1 verse 3. I'll start. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The f- Listen to this now. The Father of sympathy, pity, and mercy. Mercy can be interpreted two ways. It can be interpreted kindness. He's the God of kindness. I prefer that. I prefer the fact that my father's very kind. Of course he's merciful, but I just like his kindness for me. I'm not going to say, oh, father, show me mercy. I say, no, I just love your kindness, father. So look, let me read on anyway, because I'm losing the gist of what I'm doing. So he's the father of sympathy, pity, mercy, and kindness, I say, and the God who is the source of every comfort consolation and encouragement who comforts consoles and encourages verse 4 encourages us in every trouble calamity and affliction so that we may be able to comfort and console and encourage others who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort consolation and encouragement which with which we ourselves are comforted, consoled, and encouraged. Isn't that wonderful? God is with you. He's not, he's not unaware of, of the suffering, of the, of the difficulties that we face. And that's why Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus was one man, it was the man Christ Jesus, who could be in one place at one time, and he could interact with so many people at a time. And not everyone would, 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 would get close to him. Not everyone would be able to speak to him. It did happen to individuals. But what he's arranged now with the Holy Spirit coming is that every single one of us has this connection to God. Do you realize... Um, all right, let's just go... I'll, I'll read the scripture for you in Ephesians 2. And it's verse 18. Okay, so this is what it says. For it is through him, that's Jesus, that we both, whether far off or near, now have an access or have an introduction, it says, by one Holy Spirit to the Father so that we are able to approach him. So without each of us having the Spirit with us and in our lives, we would not be able to approach the Father. You see what I'm saying? Whereas if Jesus had stayed, then people could only have approached the Father by interacting with Jesus. But now every single one of us can do that. So that's just the the blessing of this comfort. And we have this comfort and consolation. And when when God comforts, there's there's no condemnation. He doesn't condemn. He's always looking. You know, the the Spirit... um, The Spirit is not there to tell us what we did wrong. Even if we made a mess of something and we're needing comfort, He still comforts. And He's always pointing in the right direction. So let's go back to our text in John 16, 7 and read the next couple of verses. Sorry, you've got to bring your Bibles. the, The Word's got to be before your eyes. We've got to be diligent students of the Word because those, those who have the Word find life and they find healing, wholeness, and godliness. Jesus said it's through the knowledge of Jesus Christ that we have all the godliness that we need that pertains to life. So what does it say? So he comes into close fellowship with you. I'm just picking up in the middle of verse 7. And he says, he says, he will come into close fellowship with you if I go away. I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. So, Father, we thank you. 
for each one here. The Spirit is in close fellowship with us. Thank you. And look what it says in verse 8. What is the job of the Spirit? It says, when He comes, He will convict and convince the world and bring demonstration about sin and righteousness uh, and about judgment. About sin, this is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Sin, because they do not believe. Do we believe? So that's not relevant to us. Look, what, look what's relevant to us about righteousness. What does he do? If we do something wrong or, or we make a mess of something and, 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 and we're we, we, we looking for that comfort, he points us always in righteousness. I, I see it like this. It's like you know, there's been little kings and things born in Britain, little children to, um, is it William and Kate? And they've got tutors, the, those young children. And so what happens is when you're a little king in growing up and you're a little child, what is your tutor going to say? If he's doing his job properly, he's going to say, uh, young man or young prince, whatever he calls him, says, kings don't behave like that. This is how they behave. And he's training and schooling them in the way he should go. He's showing them always, this is kingly behavior. This is kingly behavior. This is how kings speak. This is how kings eat their food. This is how kings relate to people. And that's what the Spirit's doing to us. If you look in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18, you can see this. Apart from Romans 12 verse 2 would be another classic example. The Spirit, because the Word is Spirit and life, is bringing the Word of transformation. And that Word is the same Word as when Jesus was transfigured in the Greek. And it's used, it's used only three times in the New Testament. And the other one is, is 2 Corinthians 3.18, where it speaks about us going from glory to glory, which was what happened to Jesus in Matthew 17. He went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, and he shone like the sun. His true glory was revealed. And what happens is, let's just go to 2 Corinthians 3.18, because this is what the, the Spirit is doing to us. And um, I like verse 17. It says, the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We've got to be aware of this connection with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so I'm just speaking as comforter. And I'm probably crossing slightly into counselor as well. Because he counsels us in terms of how we should behave in terms of righteousness. He's not convicting us of sin. That's rubbish. That's what, that's what happens to the world because they don't believe in Jesus. God is always showing us the way. What does the word say? The word is not a rod to my back. It doesn't say that. It says it's a light to my path. So what I'm saying is it's showing you the way. And look in uh, verse 18 here. So we saw in verse 17 where the Lord is, there's the Spirit. Where the Spirit is Lord, there's liberty. And it says, all of us, as with one unveiled face, it's sort of referring to Moses when he was up on the mountain and came down, his face shone. And that's sort of slightly further back in this passage. You can read about it. But we have unveiled faces. And we continue to behold in the Word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being, it says in this Bible, transfigured into his very own image. And how is that? Because we're looking, what is righteousness? And the, 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 the reflection that we're seeing in the mirror is us as complete and perfected in Christ. When you see your own image in the mirror, you're seeing who you actually are. You're seeing what the completed work looks like. And that's how the Father's seen us. And the Spirit is pointing us at that picture the whole time. So we've seen, this is who I am. Wow! And you, you see the transfiguration and what it does. As you look in the mirror of the Word, it just changes you effortlessly. It changes you and changes you and changes you. I'm not the same person I was five years ago. I'm different. We change into the glory of God. So that's, 
that's what the, um, the Spirit of God is literally doing when he, when, when he convicts us of righteousness. He's saying, the Word says, son. The Word says, I, I, I can maybe get an estate and start condemning myself, whereas it says, again, I know the Word now, so I've stopped doing that. I used to do that. Oh, look what you've done. What a mess you made. You, I don't do that anymore. It says in Romans 8 verse 1, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And then the Spirit of God saying, Son, this is who you are. You have the mind of Christ. Son, you have an excellent spirit. You've been given a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Son, you are love as He is. It says in the Word, 1 John 4 verse 7, 17, it says, as He is, so are you. So I start meditating on those things, looking at those things, and guess what? That other stuff goes. That's where we go. So let me go back to my text. What else? Let's pick up another word. So comforter, counselor. He's going to guide you. The the word is there. Proverbs is there. Believe it. We just had a a, a case um, where we, we, we rent out rooms. That's part of what, what we do. We've, we've sort of divided our house, and we've got a section that we rent out. And we were looking at a potential tenant, and the Spirit said, eh. and I said, I'm going to think the best. And it was an eh experience, because I didn't listen to the counsel of God. So you have the counsel of God in you. And he's, he's, he's the spirit of the, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in, 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 in God, the kingdom. But in Colossians 3.15, the Amplified brings it out. It says, let the peace of God be umpire in your lives. And that's partly the, count, that's the counsel of God working in your life. He's showing you what to do, what not to do, where to be, where not to be. But we have to pay attention. Now, I specifically, I knew, I said to Heather, I don't get a witness. How does, how does he uh, counsel us? Often it's through the, the witness in our hearts. You think of Romans 8, and it's around about verse 14, where it says, you know, the Spirit bears witness with our spirits that we are, you know, the children of God, in the bliss of which we cry out, Abba. So you get the inner witness, but we have to pay attention because his voice is quiet. It's, you, you hear it in a place of peace. Comforter, counselor, helper. Can you believe that? God, God says, helper. Now, Roman, no, not Romans. Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6. Hear what the Amplified says. Helper. Almighty God. Helper. How can we ever get despondent? Look what he says. Okay, the, the, the first part, um, this, this is instructions to Christians, all right? So Paul's telling you things to do and not to do and, and from verse 1 onwards, but I'm picking up in verse 5. So in verse 5, he says, Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, greed, avarice. Because money has a voice. It shouts. And it's not that God doesn't want us to have money. It's just that he wants us to, to not listen to it shouting. It's to, to use it rather than, you know, crave it. Yeah. So let it be free from the love of money uh, and craving for earthly possessions. Be satisfied with your present circumstances and what you have. Now this is a bit. This is a bit. Prick up your ears right now. For he, God himself, has said... I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree. Three times he says that. I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, or let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So this is verse 6. Look at this. So we take comfort. There's that comfort again. And, and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. 
I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? How's that? (laughs) Now we need to keep these things in our mind. And we need to be aware of them. And when we're facing difficulty, things that maybe we need, we've got problems we can't solve, say, no, I've got a counselor and I've got a, I've got a helper. The Lord is my helper. It says, we boldly say. It comes out your mouth. Why? Because you need to hear what you're saying. The Lord is my helper. I, and as it says here, I'll read it again. The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Praise God. Okay, so let's go and find another uh, word that um, Jesus said of the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. You need to say so. Anyway, we're going to talk about appropriating it. So another word, counselor, helper, comforter. Okay, we've looked at those. Advocate, that's what we spoke about yesterday. When you're presenting a case, um, God is, is, is a judge. He's a just judge. He wants justice for us. We've been justified. Not so? We've been declared innocent. We are the righteousness of God. But often when, we pre- uh, uh, when, when, when we're praying, we, uh, we're not presenting our case um, based on what Christ has done because there, there is justice that is always released to us. So we have an advocate, and that's why we pray in the Spirit, as, 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 as Paul says in uh, Ephesians 6.18, and that's what we were looking at yesterday. You pray in the Spirit with all manner of prayer, and we discussed how that works. And there will be podcasts, is that right? So listen to those. They'll be very helpful. Really, if I hadn't learned to pray in the Spirit, I'd, I don't know if I'd even be a Christian still. It's just, I, I just thank God for the Holy Spirit. And for a, um, a manifestation of these things. So we have an advocate. We can pray for the lost. We can pray for people who are in sin uh, and enjoying it. You know, some people like it. Or they're comfortable in it. They don't want to change. We pray for them in the Spirit. And the advocate presents the case before God. And God is looking at what happened in terms of uh, the cross of Calvary. He's looking at the shed blood. And in Romans 12, 22, you read onwards from there, it speaks about this beautiful, the heavenly Jerusalem, and it speaks about the blood of Jesus, which is on the, the, the mercy seat in glory. And that blood speaks. It speaks a better message than the blood of Abel, that it says, cried out for, for vengeance. So we need an advocate. We do not know how to pray, nor how to offer it worthily. And the advocate comes into full operation when we move into the, the realm of prayer. And as we know, when we pray perfect prayers, which is with the advocate, and in accordance with God's will, according to 1 John 5.14, it says, you can ask him anything if it's according to his will. And you know, you have confidence that he hears you and grants your, your request. So we need the advocate. We need, we, need, we need him to teach us. What is it that, that we got? What is it that we can ask? And I just pray in the spirit the way I do it. I pray in, in tongues. And praying in tongues is different to praying. This is two minutes. It's different to praying in the spirit. It's just like praise and worship are different. You start in tongues and you uh, pray in tongues as an act of your will. And then you move into the place of praying in the spirit. And I will just, often I will just say to him, Lord, will you pray with me for this situation or that situation or this person or that person? And then I pray in tongues and I just look to see what he's doing. And I either get a scripture I get a picture, vision, because the language of uh, the Holy Spirit, you read Acts 2, says in the last days when the Spirit's poured out, the young men will see visions, the old men will dream dreams. So let's let these things be activified, uh, act, activated in us so that we can be a prophetic people. You know that the Word of God is the Spirit of prophecy. 
You read that at the end of Revelation. It's the spirit of prophecy. And that's why Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, you know, beloved, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts, but he, he says, uh, uh, you must eagerly desire uh, spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy. And the, and the prophesying, it's not just the speaking out. It's the ability to receive the word of God, to unravel it. Like, I, I just use three terms there. You get the revelation, which could be a picture, or it could be a scripture. You get the interpretation of that, which the Spirit helps you with, and then you get the application. And if you live like that, you are going to live in victory. All right, so I've spoke about the advocate. The advocate helps you to pray. Um, and intercessor, those two things go hand in hand. So he's advocate, he's intercessor. What about strengthener? Um, I, I, I speak for, for people, I've just seen in the church, there's a weariness. There's a, often there's a, wow, we just, we've kept on doing the same things. And we've got to get out of that because we have a strengthener. We should always be full of enthusiasm and joy. And if we're not, we can stir it up. Let's go to Romans 8.11, the strengthener. Is this helpful? Just realize how multifaceted, how, how richly blessed you are in Christ Jesus. It's not just read a few Bible verses and then uh, go to church on Sunday. No. That's pitiful. I think I would have stopped long ago. No. It's, Jesus said, I've come that you have love. John 10, 10. I've come that you have life and have it in abundance. That is Zoe, not, not this life that we live, not natural life. Zoe life, God life. Wow. It's God life. And we have it in abundance as we start learning what it is he's given us. And as we start learning the application of what he's given us. And I'm still looking for Romans 8.11. Okay. I, I love the the King James Version, in fact, for this verse. But what it says this. If the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from, dead, from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And in the King James it says, he quickeneth. Has anyone got King James? Say quickness, quickens, yeah. He will quicken your mortal flesh. I like that. It's like you've got, who, you, you, did you have the, the adverts here? I know I'm in a different country now, I've been away. But they had the little bunnies and they all had different batteries in. But the one that had the main battery in, he just kept going. Did you have that? Yeah. So the others, they get sluggish, they get slow, and they sort of like quieten down. Then they stop, but hey, the one with the good battery, he's going. Well, that's what we got. We've got eternal life in us. And if we're getting run down, we, we know that we can just say, Oh, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, you in me. I thank you, Father, that, that I can receive the quickening of God. Now you say, body, right now, you will be quickened. Speak it over your body. You will be quickened with life. I'm speaking to every cell. I want you to perk up. I want you now to quicken. Because our bodies run on electricity. Our little cells vibrate. Everything vibrates. I did um, blood uh, observation. I, I was uh, trained in micros microscopology. I always get tongue-tied on that word. And so I did dried blood and, and uh, live blood analysis. And it's amazing when you, you, you take blood out and you see the movement in, in, in the body. Well, how much more when it's quickened? Like you've got these white blood cells and they're all sluggish and there's infections in your bodies. So we used to give people pills to speed them up, you know, like uh, enzymes and things to uh, get the, the white blood cells really quick and pumping, pumping. Well, we live by faith. So we can just say, Lord, quicken. If you've got a, um, an infection trying to um, 
come into your body. Because my attitude is, no, I'm healed. I live healed, and I, I, and, and I operate healed. And I don't accept sickness. I say, I refuse to be sick. So then I say, right now, you white blood cells, quick and kill these things. They're trying to get in. We want them out. So that's speak to your body. Because your body will quicken. It, it will obey the word of God. And when, when you look at the word of God, it says the spirit of God, who, yeah, he lives in me. Yes, of course, I'm filled with the spirit. I speak in tongues. So he lives in me. He's going to quicken my body now. So body, you're going to receive it. I had uh, bad gout. And uh, I thought, no, I'm healed. I don't want gout. And it came and it was attacking me. It happened for about a year. And has anyone ever had gout? Yee, a horrible thing, eh? Um, even if, if you know, with, with the weight of the duvet on my foot, it was in, in my ankle. If I turned over, it would wake me up because of the, um, the pain. And um, I thought I'd broken my ankle, so I, went, I actually went for an x-ray the first time it happened. It was so painful. And it was gut. But um, what happened was, eventually I'd had enough of this. So I woke up in the middle of the night. It's by the Spirit. I mean, you, when you pray in the Spirit, you increase the influence of God. You increase uh, of the Holy Spirit. Because your Spirit, when I'm talking about tongues and moving into that place of praying in the Spirit, your Spirit, by the Holy Spirit within you, prays. He gives the utterance. If you look at Acts 2. Let's just go to Acts 2. just for a. We didn't look at that yesterday, so we can do it today. Look what happened when the Spirit came on people. It says, verse, verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were assembled together in one place. And it says, in one accord, Behold how good and pleasant it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. So it says, There the Lord commands his blessing. That's the last verse. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing of a violent tempest blast, it filled the whole house in which they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed and settled on each one. They were all filled throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression. So what do I say? I say, Lord, when I pray in tongues, you influencing me. Influence me, Lord, fully. Have complete control. And so what you're doing is you are putting yourself into the influence of the Holy Spirit. And that's going to be good. It's always going to be good. So I finished the point on strengthening, yeah, and quickening. So you, you want to be quickened. And you want his influence um, on you as much as possible. So let's just see what else we got here. Yeah, I think we've... Uh, so it's stand by. Strengthen us, stand by. He will never leave or forsake you. Now, in some translations, well, this one does say it, helper. He's not going to do the job for you. You've got to do the job. You know, a helper. So for instance, if I'm going to um, paint, say, a house, and I have a helper, so I'm the painter... I get up and I start painting. Then what happens is that the helper will say, uh, do you need your small brush there? Because you, you, you seem to be battling with that big brush. You, you, you're making a bit of a mess, actually, you might say. But, yeah, let me pass you the small brush. So he'll give you the small brush and you use that. Then he'll say, oh, here's the paint. You see, he helps. And that's, that's the way God works with us. We to do the ministry. We don't ask God to do the ministry, but he helps us in, in, in what we do. So we've got to get that in place. People are asking God to do what he's told them to do. Oh God, will you heal this person? No. You are a believer. You go lay hands on them and they will recover. Oh God, will, 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 you, will you deliver this person? No, no. You're a believer. These signs will follow you. You will cast out the devils. So you will say, in Jesus' name, devil, be gone. Loose this person and go. 
You're not asking God to do it. And the Spirit is helping you. And it says, these, these signs will follow dear, those who believe. The signs follow what we do. So he's a helper. And, and we said boldly. Right, just now in terms of receiving. So how do I receive? Um, I quieten down. I command myself to be peaceful. And then I look at the reality of the word. So, Father, that we'll take standby. The last word here. I thank you that you never leave me or forsake me. I may feel alone. doesn't matter what I feel like. Feelings come and go, don't they? Feelings are subject to thoughts. Thoughts are subject to truth. So if I think untrue thoughts or bad thoughts or angry thoughts, then my feelings get angry. Then I feel anger and resentment rising up in me. But if I start thinking the thoughts of God, and that's why thoughts are so important, where it says in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4, take captive. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. We take captives, you know, thoughts, and we bring them under the subjection and dominion of Christ. So that's what I do. If I'm in a situation now where I'm wanting to move into God, I take captive every thought, I bring it down, and then I bring the awareness of these scriptures. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you. And I say, peace, peace, like I said. Peace, oh my soul. Peace. I never finished my story. I was going to tell you a bit more about that gout. I woke up the one night and I laughed. I just laughed. I woke Heather up. I laughed so loud. And I said, body, don't worry. It's just symptoms because you healed. I I took the word of God and stuck it in there. I woke up in the morning. No gout. I've never, ever had it again. So, so that's what we do. And that's how we receive the Spirit. So when people are receiving ministry, um, if there's parts in your body that are possibly affect, uh, you know, un- some discomfort, the, the Bible says Jesus was you know, filled with the Spirit and how God anointed Jesus with the Spirit and, with the, uh, and power and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. I've come to the conclusion that anything that's pressing in my life that is ungodly is antichrist. That's it. And I rebuke it. I say, fear, go. I refuse to fear. I refuse to doubt. You, you, you just got to make those stands absolute in your life. And Lord, I yield to you. I submit to you. What's your word? And but receiving, again, as I'm saying, I, I go quiet, then I speak the word. I say, Lord, thank you that you're with me. Thank you, Lord, that you're my strength, that you quicken me from the inside. And then, of course, there's Isaiah, is it 40, where it speaks about they who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. And I just say, thank you. They will rise like on wings of eagles. I say, thank you. And I just stand and I say, now body, receive it. Be quickened. And guess what? I'm quickened. And that's how healing works in my life. I, I, we've had flu come and go every year in the UK. You know, you get snow and cold weather and all the rest. And the last time we were sick was probably about five years ago. We were in uh, Portugal. We were so sick. We had flu for three months. And then we, we just got revelation. No. We healed. So what would happen is the bugs come. They try. I never accept them. I never say, oh, I've got the flu. No, no, no. Even if my nose is running, I say, by his stripes I'm healed. And that just dries up and goes away. And the other thing that used to happen to me was it used to get in my chest. And then I'd cough like crazy. Never again. How do we receive? We see the reality of it. So in your imagination, if the word says by his stripes you are healed, you say, no, I am healed. Sickness is an enemy. Thank you, Father. I have a helper. You will help me overcome. 
I have strength. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I'm a conqueror. The sickness will die if it touches me. And they said of John G. Lake, you know, there was a, a plague in South Africa. Um, I don't know when it was. Early 1900s, I think it was. But they literally, he was dealing with bubonic plague. It would die if it touched him. Because he behaved like that. He had that same attitude. This will not touch me. You, how dare you touch a, 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 a temple of God. That's what we are. Don't, don't let these things come, sir. What I'm going to, let's, let's pray now. I don't know, how are we going for time? Okay, can, can we just do some ministry now? I mean, I've sort of thrown stuff out at you. Just know how wonderful the Holy Spirit is. And know He's here. And He's faithful to God. And He'll be with you always. He will strengthen you. He will comfort you. He will console you. He will counsel you. He will give you access to the Father. That's where you receive what you ask for. So let's, let's shut our eyes. Quieten yourselves down right now. We thank you, Father, for your Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus, you sent him. And we thank you, Lord Spirit. You, you are God. And you given to minister to us to lead us, to counsel us, to strengthen us, to intercede with us as advocate. You're always here. You're always here to help. Lord, help us to know you better. As we read the word here, Lord, let that word penetrate, that we can look to you. We can see in our sanctified imagination what it is you're doing. You are so real. You're so powerful and kind, Lord. Thank you for your presence here. You bring the presence of the Father. You bring the presence of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we can be refreshed right now. Your Spirit, Father, we love Him. Just receive the impartation right now. Don't think about what you're going to be doing in 15 minutes or half an hour's time. A, 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 an impartation from God can carry you for weeks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, you healer. Where you are Lord, Holy Spirit, there's a liberty. Thank you. Yesterday, we, we were looking at Elijah up on the hill in 1 Kings 18, verse 42, and how he sent his servant seven times. And the seventh time, the servant came back and said, I saw a cloud the size of a man's fist over the sea. Now that seems like nothing, doesn't it? He has a country that's in drought. He has a country that's in devastation because of no rain for three years. A cloud the size of a man's fist over the sea. And it says, Elijah went down from the mountain and he said to Ahab, quickly hitch up your tar chariots because there's a great rain coming. And yesterday we prayed. And there was a lady standing somewhere there. And she was instantly healed. And as, as, as I thought about that, I thought, that's the cloud the size of a man's fist for this church. There's a great rain coming to you people. Healings, abundance, breakthroughs.
We saw the cloud the size of a man's fist yesterday. That's right, eh? True story. So you're recipients of that. So just receive right now the abundance of God. There's going to be breakouts. You know, it's one thing to get a breakthrough. That's what they did in Dunkirk. They broke through the defenses on the coastline. But it was only when they broke out that the victory was going to start to work. Because they, they were contained. So there's going to be breakouts. I saw angels yesterday released for the ministry of... to, to minister on behalf of the saints. So, Father, wow. Wow, Father, that's all we can say. Thank you. Thank you. Strength to the weak. You go away strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Okay? Encouragement to the discouraged. You go away saying, I'm encouraged. Boldness. Faith to the to the, to, to, to the frightened, to the fearful. You say, no, I am bold. God is my helper. Make that your confession. Make that your confession. For those who are praying for family members to get saved or praying into communities, you say, the advocate, the intercessor is working with me. And God grants us what we ask because we ask according to His will. Change your confession. Change your confession. For those battling sickness, you say, No, I am healed. I refuse to be sick. Thank you, Father. Your power is quickening me. Rise up, people. Those who know their God will do mighty exploits. And that's you. You're his ambassadors. You're his priests. You're his kings. And you're chosen. You've been chosen to show forth his virtues and splendors. Show forth the victory that God has given you.